Welcome to Coastal Voices, an audio documentary series that explores the relationship between people, land, and water in coastal Louisiana. I'm Mike Pasquet, Associate Professor of Religious Studies and History at Louisiana State University. With support from the Whiting Foundation and LSU's Coastal Sustainability Studio, Coastal Voices will take you on a journey down the lower Mississippi River to the Gulf of Mexico, where Louisiana has lost over 1,800 square miles of land over the past 80 years. That's an area roughly the size of Rhode Island. Scientists expect a comparable level of land loss in the next 50 years if coastal protection and restoration don't become a priority. Coastal Voices will introduce you to the perspectives of those who call the coast home with an eye toward the historical and cultural impact of environmental changes to this endangered landscape. It's about telling stories and listening to the stories of people who have an intimate knowledge of Louisiana's waterways and lifeways. Most people in coastal Louisiana live behind 365 miles of hurricane protection levees. In recent years, the number of people living outside the coastal protection system has been dropping as wetlands have deteriorated and storm surges have become more devastating. Coast survey cartographers for the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration regularly delist named geographic features of coastal Louisiana. Things like islands, bays, bayous, and lakes that have morphed beyond recognition. People don't usually live on a permanent basis in these disappearing areas, but there are a few places where it's possible that within our lifetimes, existing communities will no longer have land to call home. Levo, Louisiana is one of those places. A few years ago, I produced a documentary about Levo with my friend and filmmaker, Zach Godshaw, who's also a professor at LSU. The film is called Water Like Stone. We spent months getting to know the people who live and work and play in Leeville. It's a fishing village situated on Bayou Lafourche, a former distributary of the Mississippi, and Highway 1, which leads to the Gulf of Mexico. It's a place that knows how to flood, to bounce back, to keep going. But the history of coastal Louisiana shows us that the slow, almost imperceptible crawl of land loss, punctuated by crushing hurricanes, can break a place, can make people give up and move on. Wendell Curall is a witness to Leeville's transformation. He grew up on Bayou Lafourche, as did his family for generations. He also happens to be the director of the South Lafourche Levy District, a state agency tasked with providing flood protection for the parish. It's not just a job for Mr. Curall, it's personal. We spoke with him back in 2012, a day before Hurricane Isaac made landfall just miles away from Leeville. Uh, when you live in a delta, you're either gaining land or you're losing land. And we've been losing a lot of land in, in, in this area. And here we are, it's August 2012, and Tropical Storm Isaac is supposed to hit tomorrow. And we're hoping it doesn't turn into a hurricane, but there are Chances are it will be. Uh, this part of Louisiana is hit more often than anywhere else in the United States except for Key West, Florida. And these communities are one hurricane away from not existing anymore. As we become more and more exposed to these hurricanes in the Gulf of Mexico, 
This land loss has allowed the Gulf of Mexico to get 20 to 30 miles closer to everybody in southeast Louisiana, where we have the center of our population and our industry, including the city of New Orleans. We have a community like Leeville, which basically was 12 miles from the coast, but now basically the coast surrounds Leeville and there's very little left of it. Even the landmass that it exists on uh, may not be here in the next few years. Once there was a boy named Clédemer Lafont. He was 14 years old when a hurricane pounded his home in the coastal village of Chenier Caminata in 1893. He was swept out to sea and rescued eight days later by the crew of a pilot boat 18 miles south of the mouth of the Mississippi River. Upon his return to what was left of Chenier Caminata, Claydemere discovered that his parents and brother had died in the storm, along with 700 other residents. Those who survived the flood moved up the bayou, as they say in Lafouche Parish, to towns like Leeville. Today, what remains of Chenier Caminata is a historic marker and a decaying cemetery. Mr. Curall's roots are in Chenier Caminata. My grandfather told me of the hurricane of 1893. He was born February 1st, 1893. So he was repeating a story that his father told him. And he told it to me in French. It was the language of all the adults. When I was growing up, this area to be an adult was to speak French. And he told me the story in French. And basically, 1,700 people living in Chenier Caminata. The hurricane of 1893 hit destroyed half the population, 700 people killed that one night. Chenier Caminata was right on the coast of Louisiana. The survivors from the hurricane of 1893 moved to Leeville, and what's left is basically you have cemeteries, and those cemeteries are sinking. So this is a place where even cemeteries die. We went to the Chenier Caminata Cemetery with Mr. Curall. He showed us around. Seven out of my eight great-grandparents uh, grew up here in, in Chan Caminata. Actually, it was a larger population than Miami was in 1893. A hurricane hit this area, killed half the population, went on to kill 2,000 people in South Louisiana, the greatest loss of life from a hurricane, even more than Katrina. But uh, the memories of all the lost lives, and our entire families' uh, last names were lost from the, the hurricane of 1893. The great majority of the loss were kids, and the next were women, and the lowest percentage of loss was men. It was just about a muscle power. Who could hang on to something long enough before you drown? And I mean, it was just, just a, you know, a true tragedy. It was amazing, though. You had 1893 was a pivotal year in Louisiana. Huey Long was born in 1893. The first LSU football game against Tulane was 1893. And my grandfather was born February 1, 1893. But you know, when you think about Huey Long and the hurricane, to this day, they still debate which was the bigger disaster. <laughs> There was a guy from Cheyenne had gone to the World's Fair in 1893 and, and comes back as, as a family in the community, comes back and there's nothing. I mean, it was total devastation. Uh, people moved away because they, they didn't want to come back, even though Cheyenne was, was grateful for positive memories. But that last memory was the loss of the, their loved ones and all the, the, the stink of the body. Think about this. You know, it was four days later before any kind of help came from Lockport and then New Orleans. And by that time, you know, Louisiana heat, bodies were reeking. And yet, they had these terrible stories. These guys that had been kind of hardened by, you know, carrying dead bodies, they came across a fence where three girls, three sisters, hand in hand, had been washed up against the fence and died. And even these guys broke down to the 
terms of several things. The abandonment of Shanir Kaminata led to the settlement of Leeville. And now we see how Leeville faces a similar threat every hurricane season. People always say, it just takes one storm, one big one, and this can all be gone. Where then do places like Shanir Kaminata and Leeville go when they're gone? Paul Chiquette knows. Mr. Chiquette is a librarian at the South Lafouche Library in a town protected by levees but within quick driving distance to Leeville. He once told me, preservation is salvation. This library, I built it uh, with the board for Lafourche Parish Public Libraries because I've always felt for 40 years this community was missing something. This community was missing the history. This community was missing a facility where the future could be led into the generations of the past. We had no records of history, but the families had records of history. We went out and we collected from people. There's a room in the South Lafouche Library where Mr. Chiquette keeps the history of Chenier Caminata in Leeville. Much of that history is stored in a single cabinet. This metal little cabinet right here, he holds the history of the entire South Lafouche community. We have Binders, and I'll put one, with all the pictures of the families from the 1800s. And we have them labeled and uh, names on them. This is all Bob Lupus' work. Uh, families of the 1800s, all wells when they first came here, uh, stores that were first built, Chenier Camelotta, Leeville. Of every picture that we've taken, we have negative beard, uh, uh, metal, pictures from the past. We never keep people's pictures. We always take a picture of their pictures and we keep the negatives. This is the only existing place to have the history of South Lafouche is in this library. And without us preserving it here, this will all be lost. They will never know Leeville existed. They would never know Camelot existed. All these communities are slowly disappearing with the storms, with the land being lost, with the bayou salt waters killing communities, this community is slowly disappearing. This is the only history left of this community. But Leeville isn't gone yet. Yes, the wetlands around Leeville are decaying. Yes, Hurricane Gustav washed out Highway 1 in Leeville and it's never been fixed. Yes, the state has built a bridge that diverts traffic around Leeville and hurts local businesses. But for many, Leeville remains a popular destination for recreational fishing. There are a handful of marinas and trailer parks, as well as the recent construction of a public boat launch. Jeffrey Bennett is a regular visitor. Every week, he drives two and a half hours from the Baton Rouge area to his camp in Leeville, right across the bayou from a sinking cemetery. The cemetery, I call it the cemetery because it's an old graveyard on the southeast point. Well, let's see, that would be the northeast point of East Pass and Bayou Lafouche. And it's an actual old cemetery. I'm not sure how old it is, but it is an old some. There's about, I think I've counted nine old graves. There may be more, but some of them have washed and actually, you're actually fishing over the top of them. And the, as I said, the, the fish love it. I love it. 
<laughs> the fishing's great most of the time. What do I like about fishing? Well, I don't know. It's just, I don't know, something I guess I was born with. My grandfather loved fishing, my dad loved fishing. And I think I love fishing even more than both of them did. I've been down here five, almost five years. I'm still learning the march. I've got maps hanging on the walls. I got a map in my boat. Everything changes every year. We lose, we're losing more marsh by the year. And just uh, from boat traffic and whatnot, things change all the time. Mr. Bennett's camp is at the end of the road at a trailer park owned by the late Captain Bobby Bryan. Captain Bobby was kind enough to take us fishing and to tell us about the land and water around Leeville. Since I came down here in 1989, yeah. we lost over a half of the marsh in some places. Some places that you look out and see all land, now you look out and see all water. My wife fusses about me out here fishing. I said, if I'm gonna die, I die out here and be happy. They don't think the cancer I got, they can do anything with. So what, what the heck, I've lived almost 80 years, so I ain't worried about it. I'm gonna just fish as long as I can, as long as I got somebody to fish with me. Me. And have a good time, and that's all that matters. I can prop my feet up and sit out here on this water, and if I don't catch a fish, I don't care. The fun is in being here. And I'm still go places out here that uh, are new to me because this has changed so much in the storms. A lot of it you don't recognize as what it was several years ago. Sport fishing is pretty big in Leeville. Captain Bobby made his living on sport fishing, and Mr. Bennett is proud to call himself a sport fisherman. Commercial fishing, on the other hand, is a dwindling industry in Leeville, but it's still around. Leon Scott is a commercial fisherman. We sat down with Mr. Scott in the cabin of his boat, named Tobo, after he returned from a two-week offshore fishing trip with five other itinerant commercial fishermen. Everybody knows Tobo. They don't know me, they just know me as a poor fellow who bought the Tobo. That's how I'm known. It's a working boat, purely working boat. Uh, no luxuries built in whatsoever. You either work or you sleep. There's no in-between. There's no place for leisure time. You out there, you work. That's how it's designed. But Tobo's been down here for a lot of years. Everybody on the dock, all the fishermen have fished on this boat one time or another. Leeville's pretty. Very pretty. Leeville has its charm. Once you get down here and see the people and mingle and get into the groove, Leeville is a lot more appealing than what it looks like going 40 mile an hour through it. People make Leeville. I've been all over the United States, Canada, ain't no place like Leeville. Um, a lot of people don't recognize Leeville. Leeville is a big key part, but it's so overlooked, so neglected. One thing you always learn is all these people around here always tell themselves tomorrow. Tomorrow we can do it. Tomorrow we can do it. Tomorrow we can do it. You gotta live for tomorrow. Nine times out of 10, you live for right now. Things are too screwed up to do anything. Whether the current has you facing into the wind, 
Blackfish are coming in, picking your gear. Sharks are taking your gear. One thing these fellas have is tomorrow. Tomorrow's always there. Could always do something tomorrow. See, like this one? See, it's dead. You can hit on it and feel it. They see a good oyster. You don't have that sound. That's a good oyster. One of the most memorable days filming Water Like Stone occurred when we went oystering with a man from Leeville. I suspect he has spent more time on the water, fishing, oystering, crabbing, shrimping, than my entire life here on Earth. My name's Edward Joseph Bond. Uh, my nickname is Boy. Everybody knows me by Boy, but my real name's Edward. I went to school up to the second grade. I didn't know how to speak English at all when I went to school. And my dad and mom was uh, pure French. Didn't know no, no English at all, just French. And I went to school, like I said, up to the second grade, and then uh, I went. Follow my daddy like a little raccoon, you know. I went to go fishing all the time, you know. I grew up in Leeville, you know, fishing with my daddy and all. And when my daddy got sick, he died at the age of 52. And when he fell sick, I was about 13 years old. I went to work on an oyster boat, running a boat at that age, 13 years old. $5 a day. I had four brothers, and they all, they all gone, you know. Two with heart attack, and two got killed by my car, younger brother. I guess I was the lucky one. I caught a heart attack about four or five years ago, got operation, you know, open heart surgery and all. I guess he's not ready for me yet, you know. <laughs> Why do you oyster? That's my limit, you know. I pay my bill. You know? I always just shrimp and crab, like I say, you know. You, that's my living. I've done that almost all my life, you know. Picking all cheap in my build and can't go on a job, you know. You ain't got, you know. And I've always done that, you know. Shrimping, crabbing, arching. If I take a day off, I'm not going arching. I'm grabbing my fishing line, going to catch me some of that speckled rod, redfish on the water, you know. I'm always on the water. What's it like on the water? That's my hobby. Mm. Got some rough days, you know. <laughs> but I think it way back, you know, with my brothers, you know, you know, we just work together, slept together, and all the old home. See that home. That's why I keep busy. Keep it all the time. I'm going to end this episode with Timmy and Phyllis Malasson, both lifelong residents of Leeville who have been married since they were teenagers. They own and operate a bait shop in Leeville. The author, Mike Tidwell, profiled the Malassons in his book, Bayou Farewell. 
The Rich Life and Tragic Death of Louisiana's Cajun Coast. Tidwell described Mr. Melanson as, quote, a walking museum piece of backcountry bayou life. My name is Timmy Melanson, and I'm born and raised in Leeville. I'm 56 years old, and I never left Leeville. I've always lived here all my life, and uh, been a commercial fisherman. My dad was a commercial fisherman and my grandfather. And uh, as the years went by, uh, it got worse for the commercial fishermen. So I kind of turned into uh, uh, a bait shop where I could use my boat to go get bait, come to my dock and sell it to the the sport fishermen. Because we can make a little bit more money selling bait then selling shrimp to the to the shrimp sheds. Every night we go out in my boat. I built the boat uh, 30 years ago, and I still got it. I'm gonna keep the boat as long as I'm alive because every piece on the boat I put it on myself. The evolution of the Melanson's from commercial fishermen to bait fishermen is a testament to the changing fishing industry in Leeville, one that has seen better days. Timmy and Phyllis have witnessed the changes together. Did you go shrimping with your wife? Yeah, me and my wife. We've always shrimped together. Been married uh, 40 years. How often are y'all together? Just about all the time. Like, I'll go and work the back deck and I'll put her at the wheel and drive and she will hang with the big boys, her. Nobody's gonna make her turn around. She'll hold her line, she'll hold her ground. I can leave her at the wheel and not worry because I know she could do the job because she was born and raised herself in Leeville. And, uh, she knows exactly what she has to do. I don't have to tell her nothing. She knows. We spent a night trawling with the Melanson's aboard their boat, named T. Tim. We spoke with Mrs. Melanson when we got back to the dock. It's a, a nice size boat to be on. It's not a, a crowded boat. Uh, and who's it named after? It's after my son. Um, it was named when he, uh, before he was born, we named it. And uh, he's still, he's 31. He's gonna be 31 in August, and he's still called T-Tim. His wife, his mother-in-law, we all still call him T-Tim. And he kinda calls himself Tim now. And uh, I raised him on the boat. Uh, it was hard, but uh, it was some. It's something that was in our life. We had. We just went along with it. I wish sometimes you could make the time stop when you are enjoying the the little things that you won't ever see again. Because once they're all grown, you don't get to see that. Uh, the laughter, the cry, the sad. But they'll still have all our memories. And that's all I I enjoy the memories.
Like any place, Leeville is full of memories. But I go back to Mike Tidwell's description of Mr. Melanson in his book, Bayou Farewell. Tidwell called him a walking museum piece of backcountry bayou life. As if Mr. Melanson is an artifact in a museum, an object of curiosity trapped in a foreign land, surrounded by foreign waters, isolated from the present, and somehow representative of a distant past. I don't see it that way. Mr. and Mrs. Melanson don't live in a metal cabinet up the bayou in a library protected by levees. They are alive in Leeville. You can buy their bait. Thank you for listening to Coastal Voices. Thank you to my students, Josh Jackson, editor of this podcast, Taylor Goss, who made the music and sounds that you hear, and Madeline Smith, research assistant. Visit the Coastal Voices website, where you can watch Madeline interview people with connections to Leeville, look at past and present photographs of Leeville, and see some maps made by another LSU student, Delaney McGinnis. Thank you to the LSU Graphic Design Student Organization, and especially Nicole Dow and Courtney Barr, for designing the Coastal Voices website. And thank you, Zach Godshaw, LSU filmmaker and director of the documentary Water Like Stone. Portions of this episode came from Water Like Stone, which we hope you will consider watching. And please go to the Coastal Voices website to share your own story about life in coastal Louisiana. Stay tuned for the next episode. Thanks. Thanks.